We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the show, Ivy Nation Sports Talk. We are up and running. I'm Sean Styers. He is Jesse Styers. He's got the fancy background, the Notre Dame football field background. Today, we're uh, we're going to get a little bit salty with salty Virginia peanuts today. If we if we did an NFL show, we could just start right now going off on the Philadelphia Eagles and how overrated they are. But I guess we don't need to go there, you know, right off the bat yet, huh? Not quite yet. I think that we got to stick to some <laughs> some Notre Dame breakdown, you know, things that happened from the last weekend. But I'd love to sit here and talk about why the Eagles are being overhyped right now. But that's a discussion for a different day. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, maybe we'll work it into a rapid fire later in the week. We, though, are gearing up. And thanks to you for being here, uh, to, to all our loyal listeners. And thanks to Jesse, of course, for being here as well. We're gearing up for Notre Dame and North Carolina this weekend. Tar, Tar Heels are uh, they're kind of becoming a pretty common opponent for Notre Dame. This is going to be the third straight year the Irish have played North Carolina, and it'll be the fourth time in the last six seasons as well. So it's like Notre Dame, North Carolina, little sneaky, I won't call it a rivalry, but a you know, sneaky little series with the uh, ACC connection, I guess. As Notre Dame goes to North Carolina for the second time in three years with this visit coming up this weekend. Yeah, I've, I've enjoyed the North Carolina game so far. I think that the North Carolina's had some good teams that has really tested uh, Notre Dame in the, in the, you know, in their, their recent matchups. And I think that this week is another, you know, good matchup. I think it's going to be high scoring. I think there's going to be a lot of offense. And I think that North Carolina provides issues that Notre Dame is going to have to, to uh, take care of this week if they want to win. Smash that like button, if you would, to all of our listeners in the uh, YouTube chat right now. Boost us up there a little bit. Hit the like button, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. We do appreciate it. I, I think I saw we were over 11,000 total subscribers on YouTube, which is an awesome number. We have got just a ton of stuff we're going to talk about today. We're going to get into, Jesse's got his breakdown of the Fighting Irish linebackers. We're also going to get into what Notre Dame can do, how they can build off that second half of offense and how they can keep that going throughout this season. We're going to start with linebackers here in a little bit. First, though, North Carolina is a one-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. The over-under, 56-and-a-half as well for the game. Seems I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised looking at those numbers. What do you think about that, Jess? So you said that uh, over under is at 56 and a half. Did I hear 56 that right? and a half right now? So like, you know, a 35 to 21 score potentially. But again, it's like a one and a half point favorite. I guess they're just saying North Carolina's got zero defense and they've got a great offense. So we're going to see a lot of points. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I do like the over. Um well, I liked the over last week and lost by half a point. So that I was, was going to say. I think I've liked the over every <laughs> week and probably. Although I got, I I guess I got the, the over, actually. Now that I think about it, for last week because I got it, I think a point lower than what you ended up with it, right? Yeah. So I ended up at four forty one and a half. Um, I parlayed Cal to cover, 
uh, 13 and a half and final score uh, was 41. So I missed the over by half a point on, on the parlay. You got it at 40.5. So you hit by yes. half a point. Just so got it. Very fortunate for you. Um, I like the over again this week. I think Notre Dame's going to score a lot of points. I think naturally North Carolina is going to at least score three times. Um, and I do like, uh, I, I like Notre Dame to win this game. I would just take the straight money line in this since the, the one and a half is so close. Um, but yeah, I do like Notre Dame and, and again, a, a close game, a shootout offensive battle, obviously. Um, and I do like the over too. I think that will end up around kind of like the 34, 31 range, somewhere in that area. I guess we'll see. We'll see what Notre Dame's offense is made of. And again, we're going to talk about how they can kind of keep that going. I'll be curious to see if the game plan is similar to the Ohio State game plan in terms of ground control, try to keep the ball away from North Carolina. Marcus Freeman was asked that at his press conference yesterday. Of course, he did not want to answer that question, which is understandable. But, you know, North Carolina's got the fourth best scoring offense in the country right now, 51.3 points a game. They've got the number eight pass efficiency offense and also ranked seventh in the country in third down conversion, converting 56%. Now, do have to say that their competition has not been what Notre Dame's is. You know, you can talk about Cal and you can talk Mar Marshall. Obviously, Ohio State is going to be better than, you know, probably what 90 some percent of most teams in the country are going to play this year. But they have played Florida A&M. They've played App State. They have played Georgia State. And, of you know, Appalachian State, okay. But that was a 63-60 game. That was a basketball score <laughs> that they had in that game. But Drake May, redshirt freshman, 930 passing yards so far and completing 74% of his passes. Just crazy what he is doing as a redshirt freshman right now for North Carolina. Everyone should start their day with a great cup of coffee. And for my family, that means the latest blend from Trade Coffee. My wife loves Trade Coffee. And when my parents were in town for the Notre Dame season opener, I turned them on to Trade Coffee as well. Let me tell you about Trade Coffee. It's a coffee subscription service unlike anything you've tried before because they partner with top independent roasters to freshly roast and send the best coffees in the country direct to your home on your preferred schedule. Their team of experts do all the work, taste testing hundreds of coffees from across the U.S. every month to curate over 450 exceptional coffees that make the cut. The coffee we got from Trade was superb. My wife is very picky with her coffee. I've told you that before, so I trusted Trade Coffee and had her fill out their quiz. They sent us three different blends, and they batted a thousand. We received the Holmes blend from Sparrow Coffee in Michigan, the Big City French Roast from Joe Coffee in New York, and the Black Velvet from Atomic Roasters in Massachusetts. That's our collection, and trust me, we're adding to it. But if what I got isn't up your alley, don't worry. Trade will have whatever it is you want. You can shop their most popular coffees by roast or flavor profile, or you can take their coffee quiz and get expertly matched with coffees you'll love. So if you want to support small businesses and brew the best cup of coffee you've ever made at home, it's time to try Trade Coffee. Right now, Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off your first order plus shipping at drinktrade.com slash Irish. That's drinktrade.com slash Irish for $30 off. Try it out today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jess, do you want to talk about Notre Dame's offense first? Like, you know, it's like good news, bad news. Do you want to talk about sort of <laughs> more good stuff first before we get into linebackers and really dissecting and, and breaking down some of the linebackers? Uh, yeah, we can go ahead and do that. Definitely have more to talk about defensively and what these linebackers are showing and how things can be improved. So I am good with starting uh, offensively if that's what we would like to do. All right, let's do it. So we obviously saw, well, second half. Would you agree that the second half was Notre Dame's best half of offense this season so far? Yeah, it definitely was. You know, the first quarter was really rough. Pine came out. Uh, everyone saw it. You know, you are everyone's grandmother saw it. Uh, you know, bops, botch snaps, low throws, simple. You know, these are just three, four yard throws. Nothing layups. crazy. Got yeah, nice, the layups. The layups, the extension of the run game, you know, whatever you want to call it. They, they just weren't hitting those. Uh, they got a nice, you know, score right before the half. And then second half, they really played their best half of football today and it really all started uh with the offensive line establishing their ground establishing the run game and things really started to work off of that when you know the Notre Dame offensive linemen were pushing guys one to two yards down the field rather than giving up one to two yards yeah uh, immediately and that that really was the huge difference throughout the entire game and predominantly then in the second half the run game started up um then the you know a smaller kind of pass uh, worked into it, and then they went back to the run game again. So a lot of things were were predicated by them being able to run the ball uh, and, and and physical offensive line play. What'd you think of the offensive line? You know, again, like still some mistakes in the first half. You know, the offside stuff. You just just stupid mental type stuff. But again, as the game wore on, they really started taking over the line of scrimmage. What'd you think of what you saw from them? Yeah, I mean, outside, you know, early there was another on the first drive uh, following the, you know, Notre Dame picked up the first down on third and one, got called back for an illegal formation or false start on Lindsay, I believe. Um, and then it goes back to third and six. Uh, Cal runs their first delayed stunt blitz of the day and Pine, you know, they run it right up the gut. There's a, a poor communication once again, you know, easily could have been picked up. And, uh, you know, Pine gets sacked. And I think that was really kind of their last, not last mistake, but last big mistake of the day, I would say. Um, after that, I really thought that they, uh, they they stepped it up and they started getting that push that we were talking about. They just, Absolutely. instead of instead of being, you know, uh, the, the the backboard, they, they were going out and, and striking first, getting their hands on the guys and, and moving, you know, the line of scrimmage one to two yards forward before the running back was even touching the ball. So I thought that that was, major especially when you have a backup quarterback in when you can establish the run like that and then you can give you know jason garrett mentioned it many times pine had beautiful pockets all day to sit back there and when you have a quarterback who's new who's trying to get his feet underneath them giving him time is is absolutely what's needed so i thought the offensive line played fabulous it's been a great you know step up from the first two games and definitely what we were kind of expecting the first two games it's just unfortunate it took so long to kind of get to this point Right, right, absolutely. And we saw some different, basically, much less 12 personnel, two tight end stuff. That didn't come until later in the game when they went to 13, basically. Mm -hmm. But the first half went a lot of 11 personnel, even a sprinkle of 10, I think, once or twice that I saw out there, and some 21 with the two running backs. And then just a, just a couple of plays, I think, where they had 12 personnel in the first half and predominantly, you know, they, again, they did more two tight end stuff in the second half, but a lot of, uh, I, I like the way, especially basically playing with two running backs, the way they still mixed in the two running back stuff. What did you think of the, basically a different looking set of personnel packages than what we've seen so far this year? I really did like the, the personnel packages and it, it shows that, you know, Tommy Reese this week really put together a game plan around, you know, Drew Pine and, and utilizing all of his tools uh, and, and being able to, to kind of operate on all cylinders. And when, you, when you're able to bring in different formations like that, uh, you really confuse the defense. Um, and if it's stuff, especially if it's stuff you haven't put on tape 
a whole bunch. You're really going to confuse the defense because they haven't seen it. They're not going to, you know, have a, a, a perfect kind of, you know, formation to come out and line up against the play. So them varying their looks, showing looks that they hadn't shown before um, is something that's, that definitely helped them. And like you said, going, switching between 12 personnel, 13 personnel, 22 personnel, all these different personnels yet still doing, getting the same things accomplished. You know, they, it, it, it was almost like, uh, you know, they, they still were running basically the same power run schemes and they were still running majority, the same kind of pass concepts. Just a lot of them were out of, you know, different formations and different sets to kind of get the defense off, you know, off their toes a little bit um, and, and looking at things that they hadn't necessarily seen before. Right. So we saw bigger doses of the running game, obviously, as well. Andrek Estime just one carry in the first half, but he ended up with 18 carries, 76 yards. And of course, the one yard touchdown run, Chris Tyree with a nice game as well. 17 carries, 64 yards. They both get got in on the uh, receiving action as well. So the question we're asking here on offense, Jesse, now, okay, you've got a, a quarterback that you know you're going to have for a while with Tyler Buckner out. And again, Drew Pine, you know, we talked about it yesterday. Drew Pine did not play well in the first half. He played a little bit better after the fumble, you know, kind of got things going a little bit, led the touchdown drive that led to the pass to Chris Tyree, and then played better in the second half. So what can this offense do now to build off of what they just did against Cal, particularly in the second half as they go forward this season? Yeah, let me uh, – I got some things kind of drawn up here. So let me, let me go to my other screen real You're quick. You're not drawing it up in the sand? No, no sand this week. <laughs> I, I came prepared. I found a little bit better of a software. All right. Um, do I need to put this in here? I think so. Okay. There we go. Um and then let me go like this. And then here we go. So this is the very first play that Notre Dame ran out of the second half. You know, one out of, you know, they stopped Cal. This is their first play uh, with their first, you know, first second half possession. Uh, simple play. You know, this guy is going to run into here into the flat. Uh, Mayor is actually going to come up. Oops. Give me one second. Mayor is going to come up and block this guy. Um, but it's just a real nice, simple rollout. Pines right here, hits the guy in the flat down here. Uh, easy play. They pick up three to four yards on first down. You know, obviously you have second and six, much more manageable. So, you know, being Tommy Reese, you put this play on film. So what becomes the building block on a play like this? Well, and what we're talking about here, we, we should describe this a little bit because while people watching on YouTube right now can see it, our, uh, our our audio podcast listeners will not be able to see the diagram. So basically what he's talking about, there's a, there's a guy in the slot to the left of the formation. He comes in motion across the backfield, kind of a little jet sweep action, and then goes out to the flat on the right side. And, the, and Drew Pine rolls out to that side, and that's where he ends up connecting with that, correct? Yeah, very similar to the very first play that Notre Dame ran to start the game where the, the play was dropped or, you know, Pine kind of threw it at the feet. They went back to it to start the second half, yet this time uh, they complete it. And so the building back off of this play, like we were talking about, uh, is, you know, this guy is going to come down into here. And there's a couple things that I, if I were Tommy Reese, you could start looking at. First is you want to create a levels concept where you can release. Whoops, I still have the DB selected. Um, sorry, give me one second. Where Mayor, instead of blocking this guy, can come out, and then you create a concept where you have the shorter intermediate route, and then you have the kind of little bit longer downfield route, and then to build off of that. And this this is this is something universal that I would like to see Tommy Reese do now is when this guy comes into the flat, instead of throwing it, we pump fake it and we get vertical up the sideline. And I think that that's a big play that's eventually going to have to hit for Notre Dame is because if you heat, keep hitting this small thing underneath here in the flat, eventually, you know, you get a guy to bite off on a pump fake and he's up the sideline. That's a perfect play for someone like Tyree who can use their speed up the sideline. It doesn't matter because, you know, say you have two running backs and this, this running back could still run this, you know, up and out. And then you could have Mayer kind of run back this way if you want to clear it out this whole side. So, that, in my opinion, is something that is a huge building block for this offense is utilizing this flat play, uh, short, you know, short plays, keep hitting it, keep hitting it, 
And then eventually you want to start working your way downfield. So then teams kind of, you know, they're going to naturally be creeping up. You hit them with a pump fake and then you kind of get behind them on what's going to be a more downfield play. Yeah. And they're going to have to. And I mean, when you look at what happened last week, like just what you diagrammed right there is virtually, well, not even virtually every pass that Drew Pine completed. I think the longest pass that he completed was something like 10 or 15 yards downfield on the touchdown pass to Chris Tyree. Everything else on average was within a line of the yard, a yard of the line of scrimmage, you know, either backwards or forwards. It's obviously some stuff coming out of the backfield. So you're absolutely right. And that's something that this offense, just what you mentioned there, where maybe you pump and, you know, you kind of got a pump and go or, or whatever action you want to call it. There, there's been a lack of double moves by the receivers. We have not seen a whole lot of that. And so for this offense to be able to open up, Drew Pine doesn't have the arm that Tyler Buckner has, but that doesn't mean he has a weak arm. You know, he can still get it downfield a little bit. They're going to have to, they're going to have to do something to to make the offense more vertical. Otherwise, everyone's just squatting on everything. You know, again, like when 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 you want to run the ball and you're showing twelve personnel, you have to show that you can also get it downfield, or else you're going to be in trouble because everyone's just sitting on everything. You know, down in the flats and 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 taking everything away. So I, I like that concept that you're talking about there, and that's that stuff again. That's it, it. It's gonna it's gonna have to help open up the offense at some point as this offense continues to evolve under Drew Pine. Yeah, definitely. And here's here's another play that I, I think you know I have a series of three plays here that I'm really kind of want Notre Dame to build off of. So this is play two. This is a run scheme. Uh, Notre Dame's come out and what looks like. 13 personnel. They have two tight ends on the end line of scrimmage. And then Mayer is kind of an up back or an H back. Um, and then they have one wide receiver split out towards the, the field side. Uh, this play actually went, this was a power run scheme. This went for, I want to say at least six or seven yards, a very good run by estimate here. But this is another play where I think Tommy Reese can get real creative here just because of the motion that he's using with Mayer. So Mayer pre-snap is here. Uh, on the high snap to the, the left, ball. yeah, to the left on the snap as of the a ball, wing, as a wing, he comes across the line of scrimmage and he's trying to to cancel out this uh, backside defensive end linebacker, you know, hybrid, whatever you want to call this guy over here. He's his job is to seal him off, and they're going to run right through here. This this uh, tight end is going to kick this guy out. This guy is going to get kicked out by the tackle. Guard's going to take this guy. So really all it comes down to is the running back and the linebacker in the hole. Uh, this DB is actually going to come down too. But what I like off of this play is, okay, Mayer comes over here. He seals it on this play. We hand it off. Okay, let's play action here because we just got six or seven off the run up to this side. Let's run Mayer now down into this flat. Okay, and then also what we can look at then is running this guy on a shallow kind of post over in this area of the field so now we've cleared out this we have mayor coming across formation he's gonna probably be one-on-one -on -one with this defensive back or this linebacker whoever's taking him and someone's gonna be open if mayor's not open this wide receiver now has a one-on-one -on -one matchup going across the middle of the field because remember this DB has to step down and honor this run. These linebackers. And you're talking about a deep safety there when you're saying this DB. Yeah, deep safety. Again, you're, you're you're doing your Jason Garrett, you know, TV telestrator. We we, we got to <laughs> we got to do a little radio play by play here as well. For That's people true. Who can't I see it. <laughs> so these linebackers are getting sucked up, like I said, because of this run action. He's coming in through here, and that. So then I like that play of Mayer potentially leaking out here. Uh, and this wide receiver coming across here. Another thing that I like. Hold on, hold on. So let me let, again. Let me let me just kind of sort of paraphrase this. So you've got a play action. You've got a running back set off to the to the right of Pine, who's in the shotgun. You're going to play action to the left, and you've got Mayer lined up as a wing to the left. You're gonna you're gonna motion him across the backfield and then out to the opposite flat as maybe he kind of down blocks a little bit on the defensive end first, and then pops out there. To the flat on the right side and then in the meantime you've got the receiver out there to the right maybe Braden Lindsay is out there and he's running a deep post as Mayer comes in shallow across that side yeah and so that's just another nice concept 
you know, again, something Notre Dame likes to do is getting these players on the flat, another short pass for Pine, getting it to your biggest target. And eventually you can hit this with a pump fake down in the flat. And then that post route can be open one-on-one towards the middle of the field. That's, gotcha. you know, that, that's one thing that's nice out of this. There's so many things you can do out of this formation. Uh, you could you could leak instead of having Mayer come across the formation. He could leak outside to this flat. You could run this running back on a screen, and then this the far side field wide receiver now on a slant instead. And so you've created two short, you know all short intermediate passes for Pine here. And basically all you're looking for is uh, you know who who's going to be open. Who who's the guy that's open right now? Get you know get Pine to get the ball out of his hand quick. But again, another just nuance to this play, and it, it helps that they've established the run on this already. You pick up six to seven. Everyone has to respect the run, and then you start leaking out your tight ends um, and, and running backs on some shorter intermediate routes, and I think things can easily get open for them. All right. Good stuff. I like that. Okay. Last one, offensively. Okay. This was another play. Okay, so – this is 11 personnel, uh, middle of the field, two wide receivers uh, to the right, one wide receiver to the left, tight end to the left, uh, pines and shotgun, and the running back is offset to the right. Now, I just want to, I just want to kind of confirm here. This is this is stuff you saw them do, right? Like these are actually actual plays you saw them do. Oh yeah, these these three plays are plays that they've done. What I'm doing right. is, is showing how they can how take, they can do stuff off those plays. Yeah, line up in the exact same play and kind of show different looks off the same plays that already had success. Okay, which is key because because they've had success. You know, teams are going to be preparing for one play and then you kind of hit them with some slight twists and things might be a little bit more open. So again, we're in eleven personnel. Uh, tight end to the left, one split out wide receiver to the left, two split out wide receivers to the right. They motion Lindsey uh, down to the line of scrimmage. So he eventually sets as a wing behind this tight end. The, the deep safety on that side walks down to respect that. And then on the hike of the ball, uh, Lindsey sneaks again across into the flat. Uh, just, you know, another basic – concept that Notre Dame was running was getting these guys into the flat uh, play side field so Pine can roll out to his right and easily hit him. What I like here instead is still put this guy in the flat, maybe run this guy um, on a slant back this way, run this guy up and out on a post. Um, So now you've created, again, another concept where you have another play underneath. You have the post going out to the sideline one-on-one. Um, and then another, you, you sneak this tight end kind of on a flood route behind things. And it just, it makes everyone kind of have to, you know, pick a hat on someone. This guy's going to be one-on-one. This line, the linebacker play side where the motion is coming is going to have to take this wide receiver into the flat. So now you have this wide receiver, uh, you know, getting a one-on-one matchup with the wide, or the linebacker going across the, the middle. And so these, again, just another concept of, you know, plays, that I think Notre Dame could build off of just slight alterations in order to get guys even more open and establishing, you know, plays off of plays that already had success. I think that's the biggest thing uh, is these plays and formations had success. So how can we build off of them and and get, you know, just a little bit more yards? Because to be quite honest with you, what I'm scared of is it's not hard to cover these plays in the flat, you know, as a defense, it's not hard to do that. So eventually teams are going to make pine go deep they're not going to give them these these short routes anymore and so tommy reese needs to know that and going forward kind of do things what i'm showing here of finding to get guys one-on-one more downfield get a couple pump fakes in and hopefully hit a guy in one-on-one coverage yeah and i think that that you know like you talk about they're not going to be able to just keep going to that short stuff all the time eventually you've got to be able to stretch the defense and you know that's something that that you know that was like an ian book thing he you know there there were some issues with that part of that was his unwillingness you know to just to put the ball downfield and throw guys open and that kind of thing so you know that that's where I'll be curious to see one what Drew Pine's willingness is along those lines but two again like that's why it was so important that Drew Pine was able to hit that stuff just just to get him going to show that he could at least do that because now it does Marcus Freeman said after the game that 
what we saw against Cal wasn't necessarily going to be the game plan going forward, but it was what they needed to do to beat Cal that day. And so I think we're, we're basically going to see a different script based on what the opponent is on a week-to-week basis throughout this season. But the ability to be imaginative and to run what you're talking about, different concepts off the same plays, is going to be really important, I think, for, for Tommy Reese and Drew Pine in this offense. Yeah, it's. I think the main thing that it's going to help with, like I said, is teams are going to prepare for one play on film. They see, okay, this is the formation. Based on this formation, we know they like to run this play or this tendency, and then boom, you hit them with something that they haven't really seen yet. And it, 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 I think it can go a long way of just catching a lot of teams off guard and, and surprised a little bit. Right. All right. So is that is, is that it for the offense then? That is it for the offense. I have left my main juice for these <laughs> linebackers who have not been playing well. It, it is bad. I went back and watched the entire first half, um, predominantly looking at the run plays. And it's it's honestly just simple, simple, you know, basics, elementary of you know, playing linebacker. And I, I really don't it, – it's hard to say that because it's not boiling down to a skill thing. It, it's predominantly just play recognition and getting to where they need to be in a timely manner. So – it's baffling to me because this was a pretty good group of linebackers last year. You know, now obviously you don't have Drew White in the mix anymore. You've got JD Bertrand, but you've got the guy who was your leading tackler last year in Bertrand. And then you've got Maris Leofau, who was the story of camp until he broke his ankle, but he looks nothing like that guy. Tell you what, before we talk about the linebackers, Marcus Freeman at the press conference yesterday was asked about the linebackers. He was asked to evaluate the current group of guys who are out there, and also he was asked where the young guys are in terms of their development because there's some really good young talent at linebacker on this team. So I'll play that. We'll hear what Marcus Freeman has to say about both the young guys and the veterans, and then we'll kind of jump in with more on that. Sneed is still a little bit, Sneed and Ziegler probably are still a little bit away. Right now they're on scout team, but, you know, um, Junior played a little bit on Saturday. I can see him getting more and more reps, you know, and, and, and Prince Kali is another guy that to me will continue to get more and more reps as, as we move forward. But those opportunities come from practice, you know, and, and that's been my challenge to those guys that might, might not aren't playing the, as much as they want. What are you doing in practice? You know, if you're making mistakes in practice, then, then coach is going to play guys when it matters the most in those close games, the guys they trust the most. And so those guys got to continue to gain that trust in practice. But um, they're extremely talented players that I know will help us. How soon? We'll see. Um, you know, as far as the linebacker play, um, you know, to, to Maris still, he's coming back from an injury. An injury. You know, we're still trying to be smart in terms of how much we rep him. You know, you got you look at Kaiser, who's moving from Rover to at, at times we're a nickel team. He's playing inside linebacker, so he's still getting adjusted. JD Bertrand's been solid, but obviously he'll be out for the first half of this game. And so, overall, um, again, I've been pleased. Overall, is there a lot to? To improve that, absolutely. And that goes for um, every level of defense from D-line to linebackers to the DBs. But, you know, overall, I've been, been pleased with the group. I think we all have room to grow. He said, I think we all have room to grow there at the end. That's kind of what he mumbled as he finished it off. The room to grow part. And there is definitely room to grow for this unit. Let's just start with Maris Leofal, Jess, because he's the one I've been shocked by. Because I think... Pretty much everyone who saw him during fall training camp last year and saw what he was turning into and then have seen his play so far this this season have been surprised at the lack of production that uh, that Marist has had. And, you know, you just, just follow that big bouncing hair around out there. But he's got 12 tackles, a half tackle for loss. What what do you think about Leofau and what, you know, where is he, right? Like Marcus Freeman, he's talked a lot about 
you know, well, he's still coming back from the injury. I mean, it's not like he's limping around out there after that broken ankle last year. He just he just doesn't look like, you know, he's 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 fully there, you know, kind of what you said, recognizing things and, and stuff like that. What do you see when you when you watch Maris Leofel? Um you know, I don't want to. I don't want to speak negatively about about <laughs> these people. So I'm just going to put that disclaimer out there first. Um, Maris did not have a good game on Saturday, especially the first half. Um, it, I, I have, I think, out of the linebackers, you could say that he has played the worst when it comes to making the right reads, making his fills, getting to where he needs to be. Um, and I think something that was interesting in that Marcus Freeman, uh, you know press conference some things that he said is you can lose trust you know that you got to show that you can be trusted during practice well Maris Leofau could not be trusted the entire first half of that game uh when it came to play recognition so it's really surprising that they left him in there for that long because it, I mean it was once I go through these plays it's it's very simple stuff it's right in front of his face I, I'm I'm honestly sometimes confused about like what he's looking at because it's all happening right in front of his face um, and, and if he's, you know, if, if the, if the ankle is still bothering him, then he doesn't need to be out there. If, if that's the case that, you know, to me, it doesn't look like it has anything to do with any physical limitations. It just seems that he's mentally breaking down and not recognizing, uh, plays that the, at the level and at the speed at which he should. Um, and to say that, you know, for Marcus Freeman to say that he's pleased with the linebacker group, I think that uh, the linebackers are, are getting carried by the defensive line in some respects, because, you know, if the defensive line didn't blow up some of these plays um, against Cal, these run plays would still be running uh, to the uh, today. I mean, there 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 were times, two or three times, where the linebackers just completely blow blew the play, and, and they got lucky that the defensive line bailed them out and kind of swallowed them up. So, to go back to your question, Maris just looks lost right now, and I would say of the you know Bauer, Bertrand, Kaiser, Maris, he he looks the worst of the four and it's not, it's not really close in my opinion. I just don't see, you know, like we obviously saw the defensive line take disruption to another level, especially for this season in the second half Saturday against Cal. We just haven't seen like if, if the defensive line is that destructive, there should be opportunities for linebackers to make plays as well, but we just haven't seen it. So specifically in that game, we didn't see it. It was, it you know, all the sacks came from the defensive line and you're talking about defensive tackles who you're, you know, who you don't necessarily, especially, you know, you don't see them necessarily being the guys in on the tackles all the time, but they are some of the top tacklers on this team right now, especially like when you talk about Howard Cross and Jacob Lacey, what that tandem is doing in inside has just been incredible and uh, again the way they have played there should be more opportunities for the linebackers to be making plays but they're just not making them right now yeah and we'll we're i wish you know that i've told you this before the show this would be awesome if i could just pull up the the live clip and i could walk through it so much easier uh and you could see things live time but doing it like this there's so much that you kind of have to set up and try to be able to explain um but I'll try my best to to, to kind of articulate that point. And so, do I need to put another one in there, or? or uh, yeah, throw it, throw it back. Go ahead up and there. put I it in there. Yeah. Okay. So this is this is the first. This is Kyle's first play, offensive play of the entire game. Uh, first thing I want to point out: under center. I said last week, if they're under center, they're probably going to run the ball 80, 85, 90 percent of the time. Um, you guys told me if that holds true. I thought that that held true based on what I was watching throughout the game. Uh, but first play, and this I, is just 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 to back that up. I was charting that, and like early on, basically the entire first half, there were maybe two plays where they went, you know, uh, basically went a different direction. Where like you know they would be under center, maybe they came back and play action passed, or or vice versa, where they were in the shotgun and they ran the ball almost all the time. Now. They 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 tried to, to you know to to kind of go off script a little bit more in the second half, but you know just like you said, it was probably in the eighty-five to ninety percent range. If it was under center, it was going to be a run play. If it was shotgun, it was going to be a pass play. 
So that's that's why I'm so confused. First off, with someone like Maris is you have to know that under center, you should be thinking, you know, first step up no matter what. Every time you should be thinking run until proven, you know, otherwise. So that's just kind of pre snap what's going in my head as a linebacker is. So this is this is where Maris would be um, for the for the listeners. We have quarterback under center. Uh, we have a wide receiver split out to the left, two wide receivers split out to the right, and then a flex back behind the tackle on the left side. Pre-snap, the number two wide receiver on the, the right side of the field motions down to, to the right tackle. And then on the hike of the ball, this is Cal's favorite scheme. They run two polars, wing and usually their guard, right up through the hole. So what's happening, first of all, is the wing that motioned down He's kicking out the defensive end on the right side. The right tackle and guard are coming down on this tackle. Um, and this, this right tackle is going to look to combo up to this linebacker. And then we have the left guard and the, the, the flex back pulling to the right, coming right off the right tackle's butt up the hole. Um, so this play is happening right in front of Maris' face right here. He should be looking at this guy pre-snap. First step he sees, he's pulling. He's reading the guard. Linebacker's first read is what the guards are doing. Correct. So immediately, immediately he should see, I mean, on the snap of the ball, his first step should be down and to his left here a little bit. This linebacker needs to immediately, immediately shoot this gap as hard as he can. He needs to meet this guy at the line of scrimmage or in the backfield or you know, you hope to get line of scrimmage. Best case scenario, you meet him in the backfield. You keep your outside arm free, so you're forcing the play back to Maris, who should be working over the top and also filling into this hole at the same time. These two guys need to be converging down in the hole as these polars are coming through. So the flex guy kicks out, ends up having to kick out the defensive end. Uh, this linebacker fills down immediately, gets in there. So he makes, you know, play side linebacker makes the, the right read. Maris is caught by, uh, I don't even remember who at this point, but Maris gets caught right here to the left side of the center, two yards behind the ball as the running back is running through the hole. I don't know about you, but that is not good linebacker play. To not even make it over the face of the center is kind of embarrassing when the polar is pulling right in front of your face. Like I said, your first step immediately downhill to the left. We're getting over there. You're playing back phase shoulder of this running back just in case he decides to cut back. But he gets caught up two yards down, you know, well, behind the line of scrimmage. Get, and this play runs right through here. And I believe they gain about four or five yards on the play. Go back for just a second because I think it, it might have been back during training camp. You didn't have your diagram here and you were you were trying to explain the triangle that oh yeah a linebacker you know the the responsibility so from Marist start the triangle with him just draw the triangle that would be Marist Leofau's responsibility for, you know for for who he's reading and and what his responsibility is on on that side yeah so this this is Maris his triangle is going to come down to here and here I guess you could, yeah, kind of like that's that. not really a triangle. It's <laughs> he, he's looking at. So you're saying the triangle guard. needs to be? Can you get rid of those lines? <laughs> so his triangle goes back to the running back, basically on yeah. on his side. Yes, just like that. There you go. Nice triangle. <laughs> you know, H back is your least of concerns. These are the two guys that you're really looking at. And like I said, first, I mean, it was instant hike of the ball. That guard is out of there ASAP. That's right in front of Maris's face. Immediately, he needs to be stepping down here. This linebacker needs to come down into here. This linebacker uh, is getting, you know, sealed off by this guy, but he could fold his way down in here as well. Um, so, yeah, this play gets funneled right to Maris. Unfair, unfortunately, Maris gets meet, met about right here over the center, two yards deep. Um, and that's just that's just no good. That's yeah. That's just lateness, not reading your keys. I mean, it's all right in front of you. Uh, you know, they're under center. So we're talking 85% chance of run. I just, it's everything is screaming run, yet he's two seconds behind somehow. Right. And that's it. it, it DT Roll Hunter said reminds him 
of Jalen Smith. And I'm I'm assuming he's talking about L- NFL Dallas Cowboys Jalen Smith because Jalen, you know, and you and I are Cowboys fans, and so we watched a lot of Jalen over the last couple of years, and we watched his play go backwards. It, it just seemed like he completely lost his instinct and you know any ability to make a quick decision on where he was supposed to be going on simple stuff like you're talking about right now. Would you say that there's a similarity? Yeah, this is this is like elementary, you know, this and, and this is why I'm so confused why he, why Freeman can say that Maris is playing well. He's not playing well. If he can't make this read with a pulling guard right in front of his face, you can't tell me that Maris is playing well. So, you know, just very, very, I, I just don't, I think he's overthinking it. I'm not quite sure. Um, but this is this is play one of about a five play sequence that I have. So we're gonna we're gonna move on to the next next one. Cal come this is this is funny. So Cal goes three and out. Um, and then on their ensuing possession, their ensuing possession, play number five that they've run. So second down on drive two, they come out and run the exact same play. The exact same play. This play right here. The exact why wouldn't they? They just ran it for six or seven. Why right. not run it again? So this time, what do we think happens? Okay. Ball is handoff. These are just my notes because everyone knows now where everyone's supposed to be. I'm just gonna kind of go through my notes. Ball is handoff. Both linebackers are engaged at, or sorry, both linebackers at or their heels are at four yards deep uh from the line of scrimmage, about where I have them right here. Uh at the at the snap of the ball, 24 linebacker meets the polar. Uh, and then Maris is still at four yards with a wide open lane and that makes the tackle at five yards deep. So what I'm saying is this linebacker comes down into here, does his job. And this this lane, I, I wish we could, like I said, show this. But th- I mean, a bus could drive through here with right. this lane going on. It was big. I remember it. Yeah. And Maris, instead of cutting it down about right here, somehow cuts straight down the line. And the running back gets tackled for about right here, about five yards. Exact same play that they just ran not even five minutes ago. Again, guard pulling right in front of Maris' face. And again, he just doesn't recognize it and makes the tackle five. Doesn't even touch the running back until five yards down the field. That's just beyond unexcusable. And again, this linebacker filled. He did his job. He he created, you know, the play was supposed to be funneled right back into here to Maris. The tackle is there but he meets him at four and then falls forward for another yard and picks up five easy yards, easy yards. Yep. And Jacob says he loves the analysis. Imagine if we could use actual game footage. That would be beautiful if we could. Jesse would love that <laughs> as well. But because of copyrights and all that that good stuff, we uh, we can't quite go all that right. direction. But, you know, it's, it's just, you know, again, it's baffling because these are simple, these are simple rules of being a linebacker, you know, like an inside linebacker. These are what you learned in college. One. Yeah. And just, just again, to remind everybody, Jesse was basically a middle linebacker his whole life, played in college and, and you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's something that he has a lot of experience with. He obviously didn't play at the same level as these guys, but all the reads and, and, and the, the concepts are still the same. That's right. That's exactly right. The technique, the concepts, the reads, they're they're all the same, regardless of what level you're playing at. So it's it's all pretty basic stuff. Let me ask you this before you go to the next one, because they have been, you know, that going back into training camp, there was a lot of cross training. So you had, you know, like Jack Kaiser would play inside, and we've seen Jack Kaiser, you know, move from from rover to inside in certain situations, and we've seen Maris Leofau go from inside to outside. So you know, like they've cross-trained all these different linebackers. So they're playing different positions and they're kind of mixing and matching based on situation, you know, again, so like, you know, one minute Leofow might be the Rover the next minute. It, it, you know, it might be Kaiser who's the Rover, you know, and they're moving these guys around. Do, do you think it's too much to be constantly bouncing these guys and, you know, all these different responsibilities that they've had to learn? Like, is it, is it too much that they're playing multiple linebacker positions with different sets of responsibilities in every game. How much, how much do you think that can impact them? You know, that's, you bring up a good point, but I don't think it's necessarily as big of a influence as you might think. I think the main difference between the linebacker positions really uh, in this defense and a lot of defenses is, is, 
your run responsibilities and that predominant, you know, I guess what changes based on linebacker position is your pass coverage responsibilities because more you're going to be more of an inside backer. You're going to be an, a backer kind of closer to the perimeter to these wide receivers. So you're going to have more pass coverage responsibilities as a, as a you know outside linebacker compared to an inside linebacker. But your run reads are all predominantly the same. You're reading the same triangle depending on what side you're lined up on. Um, so to me, I don't think that there is a, a huge disadvantage to these guys. I actually like the fact that they're able to cross train like that because of, you know, if someone gets hurt, they can interchange those guys. Um, but mainly, you know, between the different positions of linebacker, really all you're talking about is different kind of coverage responsibilities. But these main inside guys, they're all looking, you know, predominantly at the same reads in the same triangle. So could it, right. so, could it, could it hurt them? Yes. But I don't right. think it's ultimately what what is like the – the knife in the back right now. I don't think it's so, the major issue. So basically like the will and the mic, you know, again, like you go back to that triangle, the will linebacker, his, his triangle is going to be on one side of the line of scrimmage or, you know, one side of the center. And for the, you know, the, did I say the will already, the mic is going to be on one side. The will is going to be on the other. And the Rover just has a different set of response responsibilities because, you know, he's got, you know, more pass coverage, basically. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. I, I think if we're talking Rover to inside linebacker, yes, I think it could get a little bit muddy. But when we're talking Mike and Will, not 100%. And I think another thing, we talk about offensive line communication. These linebackers need to communicate too because as soon as, as Maris, whoever sees this, this guard pulling away, immediately he needs to be saying, pull, 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 because this guy knows, okay, linebacker's pulling towards me. I shoot down immediately. This other linebacker's over the top. We combo this running back in the hole and it's game over. It's it's like that's bread and butter. If you play linebacker, this is the kind of scheme. Cow scheme is what you look forward to because you can make a lot of tackles. And they're telling you where the play is going to go. Anytime there's a polar or this guy comes this way, they're telling you where the play is going to go. So just use your eyes and trust your instincts. And I think that might be the big issue right now. Okay. This is – so this play was, I want to say, third drive, maybe – third or fourth drive by Cal. Uh, they were on their own 25-yard line, and they actually blow this play up for about a loss of five or six, and it becomes second down and 16. And this play was done really well. Uh, so we have two wide receivers split out to the right. We have a um, up back or flex back also split out to the right just behind the tackle. And then we have a tight end at the end of the line of scrimmage on the left. Um, this is the, the flex back pulls – towards the tight end um and he what he's gonna do is kick out this defensive end who's coming up the line of scrimmage and then immediately maris shoots this gap i this was like his best play of the game when we're talking run defense he shoots this gap this linebacker comes over the top everything gets all congested and they get the guy the running back down back here for a loss of five and that's just Again, he saw, you know, they saw the pull. They immediately shot their gap, and look what happened. Loss of five. Just real easy, nice play, what they should have been doing, honestly, the entire game. So this one they did right. It was really enjoyable to see. You know, they a good play to start off on first down. You get Kyle second and long, um, and then, you know, you can kind of drop back and, and sit into a little bit more coverage. So that was one play that the linebackers actually did really well. Um, that was about the only play that they did well run wise. Um, again, uh, under center here, two wide receivers to the left, uh, one wide receiver to the right, and then one, f- uh, flex back up to the right. Again, guard over, uh, Maris here pulls to the right side, comes up the hole. The, f- the flex back kicks out the defensive end. Um, and I have in my notes here, both linebackers play side and backside. So this right tackle moves up to linebacker. Guard comes through. Both of these linebackers get touched at three yards deep. So that means at the hike of the ball, they're four yards deep, and they only gain one yard before these linemen and pullers are on them. They're already being touched at three yards. Again, this all this needs to happen is this linebacker needs to come down. This linebacker needs to come down in here in the hole. But this guy, this linebacker gets caught up again. Both of them are caught up at three yards. And again, another easy run for Cal and just another basic kind of scheme. Interesting. Um, and then... What do you think... Let, let me ask you something not not necessarily regarding plays. What do you think about the, the way they, you know, either, you know, block destruct or avoid blockers? How would you, you kind of rate what you've seen along those lines? Oh, that's another issue is these guys... 
they they don't have uh, they don't have a good strong initial contact. And, and and the thing is, is they're not doing things like you see Micah Parsons and you see these elite linebackers and ed, edge rushers. How do they do it? They don't get touched. They contort their body. They dip down underneath. You know, they're getting past these big offensive linemen. Notre Dame linebackers seem to just want to meet these guys head on and then not really put a move on them. You know, they're just content with just getting blocked almost. It's 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 crazy. It's absolutely crazy that, you know, these linebackers get met by these tackles and pulling guards, but rather than use some sort of block destructor, a dip and rip or a swim, you know, we're not really taught to swim as a linebacker, but just something to, you know, dip your shoulders down and maybe get a block in the back or a holding. They're just not doing it. They're not getting off blocks. Their block destructs aren't good. Um, and I, I, yeah, I just not good overall. <laughs> I was a point guard in my previous life. So <laughs> with the setup, with the setup for, uh, for Jesse on that. I mean, it's, it's something again, you know, just, just watching that, that, that is frustrating when you see linebackers who are too willing to just accept the block, you know, rather than do every, do, do what you're talking about, blow up that block and, and, you know, cause a little, you know, again, cause some chaos, cause some havoc. If you're going to get blocked, you might as well just blow the guy up. So at least someone can trip on him. You can create something there in the hole, but the last thing you want to do is just get stuck on a block. And that's Notre Dame linebackers after first point of contact are not good at getting off of first point of contact. Once they are met, they're pretty much done. And I like, what Jacob said here. And that's why I'm, I'm frustrated as well off of, I had not heard what Freeman said yet, but it, it like Freeman and I can't be watching the same tape because his linebackers are playing horrible. And if they're making these kind of mistakes, which are elementary, you know, freshman mistakes, why not put your freshman out there? I guarantee that they're more athletic and get, you know, can block destruct and get past these linemen a little bit better than what's being shown right now. So I, I think that it's a cover up, and he knows that there's a lot to work on. Um, but yeah, I just it, it's it's bad. And I'm gonna go remember through. his last line was we all have room to improve, you know. So I think that everything came before that was there's a lot of room to improve is is the bottom line. And you know, we we've seen it every Saturday so far. It's it's distressing because the guy who's in charge of this group, of course, is the defensive coordinator, and he's also a guy who just got done coaching linebackers for the AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals who went to the Super Bowl right last year and, and they so had some really good linebackers Logan Wilson that's where there's got to be a disconnect because I'm almost like these guys have to be taught these things they're just not executing on their end so it's it's very confusing it's not promising but you know hopefully that they can start uh you know fixing some of these things up and there's one last play I want to go through I know I've, okay. I've taken up a lot of time here but we really wanted to talk about the linebackers today. So right. I want, I everyone's wanted, eating it up. <laughs> I want to talk about this play because this is an actual play where they ran um, out of their shotgun look. So they go middle of the field, two wide receivers to the left, a tight end to the right, and a, t- or a wide receiver split out to the right, um, and then a quarterback in shotgun, and then the running back off to his left. So we're in 11 personnel. Um, again, real simple concept. Guard pulls to the right. Uh, the tight end kicks out the defensive end. The right tackle and right guard come down on the on the uh, defensive tackle. And so the left guard is pulling through the right side hole. He's going to come meet this linebacker. Again, this linebacker just needs to uh, see this immediately. And this is why the communication is important. Because this guy, seeing the puller out of the corner of your eye on this side, uh, 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 compared to seeing a puller right in front of your face on this side, is huge. As soon as this guy sees pull... He needs to be screaming, pull, 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 pull. This guy is coming down into the hole. Um, and then he's coming down again. And here the combo should be a nice, easy play. Um, but what happens here, this is 44's first play of the game. And it was not a good play of the game. Um, he he gets Maris. Was That's doing Junior Tui Alamaka. Yes. Talking about so Junior comes in, replace Maris, only because I'm assuming Maris has been horrible. So they said, you know, what, what do we have to lose here? Let's put Junior in. Well, Junior doesn't do much better himself. The play side linebacker shoots the hole. Uh, Junior gets caught about four yards deep over the center again. He doesn't even make it to this side of the field. Um, And then the running back runs through here. It looks like it's swallowed up, cuts it back about this way for about 13 yards and gets tackled. I'm sure you might remember that play. 
Uh, it was one of their bigger run plays. It was bottled up. Again, Junior was just – I don't know what he was doing because he should be right here. That thing should be swallowed up. But, again, he's he's far off. He's lagging. He's over the center. He's too, too deep, four yards deep uh, at the point of contact. And that running back just cuts it in right behind him, and they go for 13 yards. So, again, it's not a matter of the player. They're all making the same mistake. And it's it, they don't have issues with this frontside linebacker shooting the gap. They have the issue with the backside linebacker coming over the top and filling as well. They're just getting too caught up back here. So I don't know if it's a technique thing or what's going on. But, it, it's, yeah, angles, I, I'm not sure what it is. But, again, is Cal runs the same concept the whole game. It was there the whole time. They pulled these guards, and if this H-back was there, they would pull with them, and it was the same thing every single time. So that's uh, that's my analysis of the linebackers. I think that uh, they have all the tools to make the right play. They're just not reading it. They're not getting to their spots. There's no pre-snap recognition. There's no looking at their triangle and immediately taking that first step. Because uh, as soon as you see that guard pull, your first step should be downhill fast. And it just doesn't seem to be uh, what Maris is doing. I don't know if he's just not seeing things uh, as fast as he would like to, if he's overthinking things. Um, and another thing I noticed, too, with Maris kind of going through the game is even pre-snap, he would still kind of be moving, looking to his left and right, and then the ball would be hiked and it would kind of catch him off guard. So I think those are another thing that has to be kind of taken into consideration is I just don't know – pre-snap if he's all there if he trusts you know his alignment the alignment of the defense and then to add on top of that you know making his his reads in a split second yeah interesting when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply who do you put at the top of the list? Who's played the best of the group so far? I, would I know it's a tough say, question because you're basically saying that they all make the same mistake. So, Yeah, I mean, it, to me, it comes down to Bertrand and Kaiser. I thought both of them have played well. And the times that they've been asked to kind of line up in coverage as well, there was a good play. Um, I get them mixed up. Is is 27 27- – 27's Bertrand, Kaiser's 24. Right, okay, so I would say Kaiser's playing the best out of the group right now. Um, Bertrand does better in coverage. There was a play that Plummer kind of should have hit on their one of their opening earlier possessions where running back, I think, had one-on-one possession, or sorry, one-on-one with a, a linebacker on the edge. He did a good job in coverage, which is hard. You know, asking a linebacker to cover in space like that is really hard, one-on-one. So I've liked more out of Bertrand just be, or sorry, yeah, I like more of what Bertrand is doing pass-wise, but I like Kaiser in the run game more. Do you think that Leofau would make, like if you just move Kaiser inside full-time and Leofau wasn't part of that, would he would he be better as a rover? Or, you know, like a guy who's kind of stuck out to me a little bit the last couple of games is Ramon Henderson when he's come down and played a little bit number 11 like like thinking about him as a as a rover type guy he seems like he's done better in so you know kind of like drew tranquil when they first moved him from safety to rover you know better better closer to the line of scrimmage type stuff than playing deep yeah i i do think ramon henderson is someone that they could look to walk down um when teams kind of come out and and tight personnel two tight ends because then, you you know, obviously you're going to walk a guy down to be in run support, but then you can have him also on the back end for some sort of pass support. Um, and, you know, honestly, if he's – to me, it, it comes down to right now the linebackers who should be playing are the guys who are making the read and getting to where they need to be. Uh, and really that's it because, you know, I, I just – these guys aren't getting to, to their final destination in time. And to me, just being there is half the battle because the running back either has to make a move or he's trying to run through you or, you know, something's running back has to alter his course if you're in the right spot. So to me, 
the guys who should be playing are the guys who are getting to their to their designated spot on the field, you know, as in a timely manner as they're supposed to. So uh, for someone like Ramon Henderson, a guy who's got a little bit more athleticism uh, and, and could be a, like, you know, a dual kind of linebacker uh, in coverage. I, I do like him and I do like bringing him closer to the line of scrimmage because he can help out and run. But then he's got the safety net of having that kind of, you know, defensive back background where he can Still recover. Space. Yeah, yeah, he can recover if he needs to uh, at a higher rate. Yep. All right. Great breakdown once again tonight, Jesse. <laughs> I always feel like I go too long. So I hope everyone uh, was an enjoyment. I feel like I could talk forever and I do talk forever sometimes. <laughs> hey. It happens. That's what a podcast is for. That's that's what you're here for to uh, to give us the breakdown. So a lot of a lot of really good in depth stuff uh, with uh, with the linebackers there that we had tonight. And um, I tell you what. Thank mm-hmm. you.